1: Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. We're going to get started today with an introduction of our hosts. Beth, start us off, please.
2: I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker, and for 15 years was a camp director and executive director in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada. And now, along with my husband, Travis, we are camp consultants, and my big passion is leadership training.
3: Great. Gab? My name is Gabrielle Rail and I'm, I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Warro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentians in Quebec, and uh, we have a linguistic program, and I'm chatting with you from Montreal.
1: And I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the summer camp program director at Green River Preserve in Western North Carolina. Uh, We are a co-ed summer camp focused on connecting children with nature, and we are lucky enough to do that on a Mm 3,400-acre private wildlife preserve in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And our topic today, uh, this being our last show of this season, uh, is memorable moments of leadership training. And, Beth, can you share with us why we're planning on talking about this topic?
2: Absolutely. We all want our leadership training to contain positive, memorable moments. We want to teach the lessons, get across the important points, bond our staff as a family, get them on board to pass these lessons down to our campers, create youth development professionals who care profoundly about their responsibilities and are fully prepared to deal with whatever may come. And we all want to make a difference. And one of the most satisfying times in a director's career is when staff members from years ago still remember with passion and awe something you did at leadership training. So with this podcast, we hope to inspire you to create yours.
1: Awesome. So we've scanned our hashtag camp code questions and we've put together some of our favorite training moments to share with all of you all today. We hope you're going to be able to pull ideas straight from this podcast and drop it right into your orientation this summer, uh, whether as is or with adaptations to make it work for your camp. And so we're just going to do this round robin style today and and each go around and share a few. So let's start off with Beth. Can you talk about uh, one of your memorable staff training moments?
2: Yes, absolutely. So we were in... In midsummer slump, and it was 2007, I think. And the staff was taking really good care of the children, and everybody was safe, but there was no magic, no creativity, no fun. They were really tired and they were burnt out. So, Travis and I decided that we needed to let them see into the future to see how it could be. So, we wrote together an entire script and acted out a play where we were 20 years in the future. We talked about where we were living. I believe it was New York City. Um, I believe we were also famous camp consultants who had appeared on Good Morning America and Oprah and had received numerous awards for our books. Um, And so over preparing dinner in our amazing New York loft, We got caught up on all the camp staff from that year. So we talked about hearing from so-and-so or seeing somebody else uh, on television or getting an invitation to an award ceremony for somebody else. And we did our best to mention everybody. So it took a long time uh, because we were talking about 75 people. But we wanted to make sure everybody was included. And some of them were doing stuff together in groups. So everybody was doing something amazing in the future with their gifts and talents that we had seen in the present, and they were all using the potential that they had to reach these greatest heights. So we ended this skit talking about how proud we were of them and how it could have gone the other way. That summer, they could have just continued to burn out and not live in the moment or be creative or reach for the stars. Um, but at midsummer, they turned it all around and decided to come up with a plan to And make it the most amazing summer anybody had ever seen. And then, of course, we facilitated our staff coming up with that plan, and it totally turned the summer around. But it was also a way for us to kind of highlight the staff who maybe didn't stand out so much up to that point, and who are not usually the ones that shone. And we gave them, of course, the most incredible futures, um, including the ones where they were running camp 20 years in the future. So it was pretty fun. Um, The staff was giggling. It was sort of a bit of a Uh, it was quite entertaining. Travis and I spent a lot of time on it. Um, But it was a really neat thing um, and a neat way to introduce the topic of we need to to do some work on um, sort of seeing where we're at and making things better.
1: That's awesome. Very cool.
3: How about you, Gab? Um, This was – I was a staff member when uh, the leadership team members did this for us. But we – basically, they made the whole – can't uh, seem bigger from our point of view, especially the dining room. So they lifted all the tables, made them a lot <laughs> higher. Um, they gave us uh, very large cutlery to eat out of and <laughs> use. And um, the chairs were low, so our, our, our chins were <laughs> right up there with the table. Uh, I was 17 years old, and um, I think I think at that age I was, I was pretty... Agreeable staff member, but I also felt like I knew everything. So it was very, I was very kind to the leadership team, but I was also like, you don't need to teach me anything, I know everything. So, <laughs> it's, it's all good, I've got this. And, uh, <laughs> i think what i think what this this leadership team did and and a couple of my friends were sort of of the same mentality and we were really good but of course we had a lot to learn and so what they did was they just recreated this whole dining room from from a kid's um, perspective and made it it. so much fun then they served us and they asked us about our day and we really started acting out acting like uh, kids they put a bunch of straws on the table which is that just opens up whole doors for mischief, <laughs> and uh, um, they put paper on the tables as well, so we could draw so it was it was really, really really, really neat. We had beach balls going around it was it was quite fun, and then they talked about what makes you know a magical experience versus uh you know and and it was and I, the reason why i said that, i I felt like I knew everything that's important because at that moment, I felt like I learned something, and it was just mm. because they had created a, a scenery for me that was. And, and help me reflect instead of just getting into two different groups and saying what makes things special what doesn't mm-hmm. you know which is I understand sometimes you can do that but I think they really tried they knew what kind of group they had which was kind of a cocky group of <laughs> young individuals and instead of sort of sitting us sit down and being like listen we know more than you they're like we're gonna win these guys over and they <laughs> totally did I had so much fun cool. but and it also really proved a point which was, if you go a little bit the extra mile, um, it, it is magical. It is exciting. Something unexpected. So yeah, they turned the whole dining room into you sort of felt like a toddler basically. And it was really fun. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, the first one that I want to share actually comes from one of our guests that we had on the show, Tom Heck, uh, last year during our staff orientation, we had done a, a long day of, a long session of community building and one of the last activities that he had us do was he paired everybody up um, and I can't remember the specific instructions, but in effect they were to sit down with this one other person that you're paired with uh, in a corner you know somewhere you can go outside, just find a place away from everybody else and um, you're gonna take five minutes and each person is going to have an opportunity to just talk about some conflict that's going on in your life. Um, And it can be big or small, it can be a big decision you're facing, or, you know, I just don't know if I can deal with all these bug bites all over my arms, whatever it is. um, But just take five minutes to just talk. And the only responsibility you as the listener have is to listen. And so there were so many great things that came out of this. You know, we talked about effective communication and being an active listener, um, but the community building that came out of it too, it's rare that you really sit there for five minutes and really listen and engage to what somebody else is saying uh, without planning. Like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? What are you going to ask next? They weren't supposed to do that. They were just supposed to sit there and listen and just, you know, have that person continue to kind of talk stream of consciousness. And I, I really saw in that, you know, 15 minute activity, I saw the staff just create bonds right away. Um, and it was really impressive and very powerful. So, um, taking that time to just sit down, talk about an issue, um, and, and see what comes of it.
2: Nice. One year, um, my, I believe head counselor at the time, her name is Chantal, and she has gone on to take my place. At Cairn, um, she and I decided we were going to incorporate video clips into our staff training and we had just come from a conference where they were talking about reaching young adults through video um, so you can tell how long ago this was um, so we spent time finding clips that gave a lesson um, talked about inspiring people to greatness or what to do when everything seemed like it was going wrong or how to come together as a team and we showed only a few minutes from each movie uh, some of them were really popular movies some of them the staff had never seen or heard. Of before. Um, And we asked the staff why we why they thought we chose that particular clip and what we could learn from it. So I think sometimes we put them into small groups for discussion before we talked about it, and other times we did it as a whole group. I can't really remember. And it was going fine, but there was nothing extraordinary coming from it. And then we showed a clip from the Mighty Ducks. And when it was over, Um, We discussed it and then out of nowhere, somebody started chanting, ducks fly together, ducks fly together, which comes out of this movie. And then they all started chanting and then they all stood up and 75 of them danced around the room chanting ducks fly together. And Chantel and I just looked at each other and said, okay, well, let's just roll with it. So we ended the session right there because there was no point in continuing at that moment. Um, We had hit that magic spot, so we didn't keep going. And it was a movie from their childhood that spoke to them. And it was obviously this magical moment. So I did some research on ducks. And I shared it with them at our opening staff meeting of the summer a few days later, and it became our summer slogan, and it was what we said uh, at the end of every meeting and the start of every camp session. So here's what I discovered, and this is what I told them. So as ducks take flight from the shoreline, they lift off from the water in sort of squawking discourse, Um, but in a matter of seconds, a line begins to emerge from that mass of brown feathers, and the line straightens, and then it arches slightly, and then it's almost like on cue, it bends sharply to form this perfect V shape. So ducks fly in V formation for a very pragmatic reason. So a flock of ducks flying in V formation can obviously move faster and maintain flight longer than one duck who is flying alone. Um, So we talked about synergy and the law of nature and how it relates to leadership. So I told them we had a lot to learn from these ducks. So by flying in V formation, the whole flock adds at least apparently 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew on its own. And people who share a common direction and a sense of community can get where they're going quicker and easier because they're traveling on the thrust of one another. And whenever a duck falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and the resistance of trying to go it alone and it quickly gets back into formation so it can take advantage of the lifting power of the bird that's in front of it. So if we had as much sense as a duck, um, we'll stay in formation with those who are heading in the same direction we are. And um, when the lead duck Gets tired, he rotates to the back wing, uh, and another duck flies point. So it pays to take turns doing the hard jobs with other people. Um, and ducks quack from behind to encourage um, each other, the ones in front, to keep up their speed. So we need to be careful um, what we say when we honk at people from behind. Um, And finally, when a duck gets sick or is wounded, maybe by gunshot and falls out of formation, two ducks um, will fall out with him and um, help him down and protect him. And they stay with him until he's either able to fly or until he is gone. Um, And then they launch out. Um, on their own or with, uh, another formation until they can catch up with their group. So again, if we want to be like ducks, we have to stand by each other, protect one another and sometimes make new friends who seem to be going in our directions. So ducks fly together and it became uh, a magical moment and staff from that year still see each other, you know, eight years later and it's ducks fly together. Cool.
3: Wicked. <laughs> I do hear they fly together. So
2: that's... <laughs> I wasn't making that up.
3: Also true. So <laughs> if it wasn't, it would have been. <laughs> Just wouldn't it worked really as a staff training. No, thank goodness they do. <laughs> that's right.
2: You got to grab the magic when you can.
3: You really can You really do. You have to be flexible that way. Um, so uh, one of mine uh, was, is a little bit of a training tool. And it comes from a question, uh, one of my staff members came up for our staff hiring, and her question, which I love and I use in every single person, and I reuse this question year after year because it shifts, uh, which is, what kind of camper or child personality type are you drawn to that maybe other people are afraid of mm. or mm. avoid? So I usually give the example that myself, I'm drawn to perhaps, you know, the hyperactive you know, kids that can't sit still. And um, I'm like, oh, yes, challenge accepted. Um, whereas one of my other friends, uh, she, she's really drawn to sort of the badass kids that's standing in the corner that's like, this is stupid. She's like, I love those kids, but other <laughs> staff members might be afraid of them. So uh, what, what we did uh, as an activity, so so we talked about that in our, in our interview, and it's really neat to see what, um, what, you know, what type of people are drawn to what type of kids. And it's not always this type of child you were as a child either um and then i asked them well what would you give as an what would you give to somebody that may be afraid of this type of personality type or avoids them what what kind of um, tips could you give them and i have yet to hear somebody give something where i'm like oh actually that's not the right way to perhaps deal with that child mm-hmm. M- most people are very very insightful on so you know the kid that's sitting in the corner that doesn't want to participate that sort of looks bored um you know, they would say, you know, that person's probably shy. So what I do is not try to get them involved, just sit beside them, maybe ask them a couple of questions, ask them what they're into, gain their trust. I'm like, genius, this is amazing. It's like little pockets of goodness mm-hmm. in all these staff members. So what, what we did as an activity last year is uh, we put signs on our back, which was, um, I'm drawn to, and then you filled in the blank. I avoid, filled in the blank, and I might ignore fill in mm-hmm. the blank. Mm-hmm. And uh, the difference between ignore and avoid is avoid you're actually physically like, I'm, I'm nervous around this this type of camper. Um, they, they scare me. Um, ignore is I just kind of walk by it. Like it's not there, neither there, that kind of thing. And so the, the goal was to find match yourself up with people and it's just sort of a big game where you walk around and look at the piece of paper on on the backs and if you ignore a certain personality type and somebody is drawn to them you talk to them about that and you ask questions and they're to ask you questions why do you think you ignore that personality type or what is it that makes you afraid of the badass in the back well, that she's going to look at me, and then I'm going to feel, you know, she's way cooler than me, and I know she is already, <laughs> and you know, or he's really awesome, and I'm not, and you know, because that's that's a real fear for staff members when they're dealing with 15 year olds, even though they're they're not, um, their camp counselor, they are staff on camp, and there's there's real sort of uh, little fears, and what that created, what was basically staff members feeling like they had something to offer. That um, they did have knowledge, so it really built confidence and also for the for the campers that were made counselors that were maybe a little cocky like I was um, it gave me it gave them a place to show you know I do know this stuff and it and that makes them feel good like i'm'm I'm, you know i'm respected my in my knowledge here is respected and um so we did that last year and it was really really powerful, some really great insight and then we just sat down and shared some of the insight and people that had you know aha moments like I had no idea that or wow, I'm really going to try this. So, um, that's an, I think that's an activity we'll be doing for, for quite a while.
2: That's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Cool. Uh, so the next one I want to share with you all, uh, is actually a suggestion, um, that was passed along to me by Jennifer Lee. Um, she's one of the directors at Kickaboo Camp and, um, she said that they do an activity called Learning Cruise and, The reason that it's called that is because they had kind of an aquatic, you know, ship-themed training one year. And so they set up the dining hall or a big gathering space with each of the tables having some sort of different topic on it. Um, And those topics range from working with campers, cabin bonding, icebreakers, nature activities, uh, motivational leadership moments and, and motivators, weird facts, resume builders, letters and legacy um, activity specific or class specific things. And so as staff came in, she would give them the instructions that they um, can go to any of the stations that they want to go to. And on each of those tables would be resources, ideas, um, just a place for them to spend some time learning, but they got to choose what it was that they learned. And so each table had an occup- occupancy limit. Uh, so mm-hmm. only so many people could be at each table at a time. And when you moved tables, you could couldn't go with anybody that was in your same group at Mm. that table. Uh, So you're always having to branch out and meet different people um, and having an opportunity to spend as much time or as little time in any place that you feel like you needed more instruction or just were interested in learning more about. Um, And so it was really capitalizing on that self-directed learning and taking that time for people to investigate what they're interested in. Um, And then they had a piece of paper that kind of outlined each of the different stations where they could take notes. And then after there'd been a fair amount of time exploring and learning and sharing, um, then they would get together in small groups with another completely different group of people and share what things they had learned, some key take homes, things like that. So, um, again, having that opportunity to use self-directed learning, Mm -hmm. um, express your interests, share what you're an expert about too, and, and, have those moments where you go, yeah, I actually do know something really cool about this that I can share. Um, and, and then teaching others, which is again, teaching is a really critical skill for our staff to have as well. So lots of things rolled into one activity, um, and just a really neat idea from her. So thanks for that, Jennifer.
2: Great. So in trying to decide what were memorable leadership training moments, I put it out there on my Facebook page and asked old camp staff um, for their memories. So it was a really great trip down memory lane for me um, and really wonderful to hear from so many staff. But it was also amazing to me how many people had the same moments. Um, so I just want to give you a, a couple here, like in rapid fire succession, not going into great detail, but uh, here they are. Travis's uncle used to own a bronzing company and he would bronze baby shoes and anything else People had asked him to bronze. We found some really weird stuff, (laughs) brooms and corn cobs. And anyway, Um, so while cleaning out his house, we found a whole bunch of bronzed light bulbs on a plaque. So each night before we read our alumni letter at the end of campfire, we would ask staff who shone the brightest that day. And they would offer up uh, people and explain what that meant. Um, Someone figured out something in a group initiative or somebody helped somebody else out or somebody went out of their way to be kind. Um, And so they all got a light bulb. Um, after dinner, uh, every night we have our staff Bible study. We're a Christian camp. Um, and so one summer I chose to read them The Five People You Meet in Heaven uh, by Mitch Album. And so I read to them for about 40 minutes each evening, and then I came up with questions that they answered sometimes in small groups or pairs, or in one large group for about 20 minutes. Um, and it it had a huge, uh, profound effect on them that I really wasn't expecting, and they really loved story time. So it was a great way at the end of the day to decompress. And they couldn't the story had just come out when I read it, so they most of them had never heard of it before. Um, and it also gave them a chance um, to talk with people their own age about the really big things in life and the big questions um, one staff member posted, my favorite part was Spectrum. Although I didn't say much, I really enjoyed listening to the debates. So Spectrum was a game that we played. Um, we often play during Bible study, but it can be used at any time, and it doesn't have to have religious questions in it. But everybody stands in a circle, a statement is read aloud by the facilitator, and then those who agree move closer to the center. So the closer to the center you position yourself, the more you agree with the statement, and the more you disagree, you move out. So people then volunteer um, to share why they're standing why, where they are, And others, when they hear a really good argument one way or another, can then move and reposition themselves in the discussion. Um, another staff member said, I remember making dream boards um, and then talking about it with another staff member. I carried mine around with me for many, many years, and so much of it came true. So I gave them an hour, a pile of magazines, scissors, glue, Bristol board, and great music in the background, and I asked them to cut out words and pictures that spoke to them. So they weren't allowed to think about it too much. And then when they were done, they had to share with someone else what the final product said about them and also what was missing about them on the board, what they didn't find. Um, Somebody else said, my favorite session was the one about creativity and play that always was led by the resource counselors that we had. And we talked about it on one of our last podcasts. Um, And the counselors would have to come up with something really creative for their campers to engage in. Um, And I remember that when I was a second-year counselor, our counselors planned a session for us where we dressed up and did play acting in the woods. And I remember when they came back from that session. And so they put on all these costumes and they went out into the woods and played for like two hours. Um, And these counselors they had no idea what um what magical experience it was going to be until they got out there. Um, So it was a really great chance for those creative juices to flow. And I think that kids these days have a a more difficult time using their imaginations. So it really helped the counselors with that experience. Um, So I realized while I was reading these answers and there were dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, ones that came in. So thank you to my former camp family um, of what they remembered, but what they remembered were, most were not the hard skill sessions Um, there wasn't a single person that mentioned one of those but it was rather the times that they were made to feel part of something bigger Um, the times when somebody spent time with them played with them baked cookies with them listened to them made them feel important Um, the times when they grew together as a staff family so that's where I think you'll make your biggest impact
3: that's great that's wicked do I get to do another one yeah okay Okay. Ruby, I have so many and I'm, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm just happy we're allowed to do one more. Um, okay. So I I think I might've said this. Oh God, how do you choose? Okay. So I think I've said this one, but I'm just going to say it again because I think it's, it's something that you can do. It's easy and it's a way to, um, to help your staff at their sort of, you know, six week blues time, if it's at the five week point or, you know, when your staff start to their energy goes lower and you just want to give them a little bit of a, of a pick me up and you want them to feel, feel good about themselves. Um, we started doing this. We don't do this every year, but, um, sort of a, a surprise breakfast uh, brunch Mm -hmm. for them. And, um, and basically, uh, it's, it's a, it's fun for everyone. It's fun for the campers. It's fun for, for the staff. Uh, it 's fun for me. I stay with the campers with uh, with our CITs and a couple of staff members in our dining room, so you know when people are listening our, our ratio's good um, <laughs> and but what we do it 's a surprise for the staff and we we make sure that every staff you know is there nobody 's on their day off and um, We let the campers in on the secret that this is happening they' all, they, they write special cards for their For their counselors. Um, That's very exciting. The younger ones, it's like the biggest deal uh, (laughs) in the world. And uh, so it's a program in itself for those guys. Um, And we do a whole, you know, like a whole cheering of every counselor. We call out their name and they cheer and the kids use the pool noodles and make sort of a tent over them and they run through (laughs) it. And it's like, wow, it's just super exciting. And um, and basically I have the kids in the dining room and we play games in the dining room where I have a mic and they have to do random things sitting at their table and keeps them entertained. But all of the staff go down to, uh, my parents' house and we have all the picnic tables laid out and there's like fresh juice, there's pancakes or you're talking about a brunch, you know, for, for royalty. It's amazing. Um, but what we, what's really nice is that they just giggle, laugh, we play music um, and we give them I try to extend the breakfast with the campers a little bit so that they can have some time together um, and then the CITs take the kids down and they do their cabin cleanup and then the counselors go and join them but it's just a time where they get to reflect on their day and on, on the time that they've had together sit with who they want and we and and basically there's a there's a toast made to them to just say a big thank you and we really appreciate the hard work that that they're doing and um, I think we we've, we've said this many times in other podcasts I think that when people start to go down that 's totally okay, but if there 's actual issues, you should address them so this is not something to mask over right i hope it 's going to yeah. fix everything no right. no no <laughs> it's it won 't but um but for those that are are just a little bit like they just need a little thank you it 's really really helpful um so uh, I love that, and I think this I know the staff love it as well and um it 's just it 's just a just a lovely way to say thank you, and it really picks everybody wins campers win staff win um it's a whole whole uh morning celebration and it's just to say thank you and it's nice for campers to say thank you too so i love that morning i really enjoy it so yeah. <laughs> cool there you
1: go uh so i've got a couple more i want to share so let's do one more once around after i share this one everybody with that sure that sounds good yep cool uh so the next um tip that i would not i want to I share is um a a website actually it's that's RFIFamilyEvents.com, RFIFamilyEvents.com, um, and this is a website um, by a guy named John Brantley, and he has run staff trainings uh, for a couple of camps here in the Western North Carolina area, and he actually did a, a training uh, with some of our young camp professionals here during the off season and it was fantastic um, so a little bit about what he does he actually um, runs a company that specifically serves um, families and getting families together to do things together uh, very similar to what we do at camp but really encouraging families to do that so they're hired by various organizations uh, they do a lot of work with the military when when people come back from being in uh, away and deployed they'll bring the kids and the parents together to do a retreat weekend and then the Brantleys will run programming for them. Um, and so a great option for if you're looking for uh, programming for like family camp um, or again just as a staff trainer and one of the things that they do is the disk profiles. Uh, it's another type of um, kind of personality test that helps you see you know these are my strengths and weaknesses and this is how I don't handle this person very well because those are those their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I know lots of programs that um, will often do some sort of personality tests during leadership training to help their staff identify you know, what are their strengths, what are their areas for improvement, why is it that when so-and-so does something it really irritates you. Those personality <laughs> tests really outline that and help you learn how to cope with that um similar to Gab's activity talking about you know what are you drawn to what do you avoid what do you ignore um, but doing that on the staff side um but the the activity that he did with us as um the young camping professionals i thought was so fantastic was he talked about uh, stasis and growth and so put up this chart on the the marker board that was um basically like a stair step right so you had a long stair and then a short vertical piece and then a long horizontal piece and a short vertical piece um and talking about how you can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. that I, that is something I have so embraced now, um, not only for my staff, but also for our campers, that it's okay for our campers to be in discomfort periodically. Obviously, there are times that's not okay or that it's extreme and we need to deal with it right away. <laughs> but there are times that it's okay for our staff to be uncomfortable because if they're not, they're not going to grow. And when we get to those points where everything's peachy keen and we're totally comfortable and great, there's no reason to change any behaviors that you have or to try to improve Um, And that's when you start to see that that downward spiral that we talked about. So um, I highly recommend the Brantleys as staff trainers. They have a book that they're working on currently that is going to become a great cabin tool. We actually got to kind of test drive it for them and look at some Mm -hmm. activities, and they were great. Um, But, again, check out their website, RFIFamilyEvents.com, and especially if you're interested in booking them and bringing them in for training because everybody that I've heard that's done staff training with them has just adored them. And so I highly recommend them.
2: Great. My last one would be an activity that we did at the start of every staff meeting on a Sunday. So we had uh, one week sessions for the most part and had different age groups at each session. So by the time the third or fourth week of July came around, you may not have had an opportunity to work with some of those age groups that you learned about at leadership training. This may be when they start coming in. So we started an exercise called, because I have blank campers, I must remember. And so we would go around and share that as a staff. And you had to say it exactly like that. So everyone had to say, because I have juniors, which would be 7 to 10-year-olds, I have to remember that. And they would give their answer like, um, they take more time getting ready. So I have to give them warning that we're about to move to an activity and allow them time to get their shoes on because I have teenage girls. I have to remember to model healthy eating and, uh, have no self negative self-talk of my own. Um, because I have intermediates, I must remember that they are really trying to emulate me and watch me all the time so it was a great way for the counselors um, and uh, program staff could join in as well to get us back to that mind frame of the particular age group that was coming in and to remember some of those lessons from leadership training
1: awesome i really like that
3: i'm def, yeah i'm definitely gonna use that that's (laughs) great beth um (laughs) as usual i'll be using everything we talk about How did my staff planning? Okay, so <laughs> the last one I'm going to end with is uh, camper focused. Uh, I did, I have mentioned this, but uh, I, I really feel it's worth mentioning again. If you haven't had a chance to do it with your with your staff, it's very very powerful. Um, so basically, what you do, it's a, it's more of an evening activity time for calmness and reflection. Um, you ask all of your staff members to bring one item to um campfire that is very uh, special and dear to them that's very very special and it has sentimental value um so they bring it they bring it uh, to the campfire you pair them with another staff member whichever however however way you want to pair them with that staff member and um they go for a little walk around camp together and each um, person shares why this item is so special to them. So it could be a picture of their grandmother. It could be, you know, their their banky that they've had <laughs> their whole life. <laughs> it could be, uh, you know, so, so you, get, you get the picture. And uh, um, on the way back at, at the campfire, uh, you know, we talk about, you know, what you've learned from your friend and so on and so forth. So they get to, to create a little bit of a, a friendship there. Um, and then, what I ask them to do is swap items. And so, this is, I do this a little bit later in staff training, not right away, because this is really a trust thing. I also want them to trust, to feel confident enough that they can say no if they don't want to do that. And because uh, I, I understand, you know, it's, I think we all understand, sentimental items are very important. And then we talk about, we, we compare these feelings that we have, um, to when parents drop their kids off. And, um, and th- this is the closest I think that we can get really our staff members to understanding, um, the trust that they're putting in us when they drop off their children. And some people are like, yeah, here, take my sentimental item. <laughs> I trust you. And others are like, there's no way. Um, I even push it. Would you let, you know, the person take it? You know, to their cabin later, or, you know, they'll give it back to you at breakfast and they're like, no, no, no. So just having that reflection piece, having that connection, that emotional connection, uh, understanding what it's like to let go. Um, we, we put into how do we want to welcome our, our parents? How, you know, how, what are we doing to make them feel good about what, you know, letting, you know, leaving their kids here for X amount of time. Um, so I don't do this every year. It's about every third year, basically we do it, but it's, um, it's a very powerful, um, Activity and, and it's it's definitely one of my favorites.
1: Cool. It's so my last one I would like to share. Um, it, it can be summed up like this. Dancing around the fire. It's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have upper council fire and lower council fire as part of our summer camp program. And our upper council fire is, is definitely more reverent. Um, We have more rituals that go with that. It's it's a very sacred space. And our lower council fire is is more of a a fun, you know, hangout. We sing silly songs. We play silly games. We dance, funny stories, that sort of thing. And uh, we have one senior naturalist or mentor, as we call it, um, who's been working with us for several years, an older guy, and he is just... So willing to just dance and just <laughs> to let loose and just to show it in front of everybody and there's something about seeing somebody just not have that care and just get up and you know move their body however they're feeling and like you can't help but smile and and I've seen it with old people young people what it doesn't matter it's just there's something really fun about that and you see that that loss of inhibition and, mm-hmm. and you're just like man kind of wish i would that's so embarrassing but I wish I could have that that kind of loss of inhibition. And so he is incredible. He has a story that he tells that involves, um, you know, a village that's going to sell this land and there's different people that come trying to, uh, make offers for this land, and it's it's presented as a Native American story, and they have masks and you know capes and things like that. And each person that comes and makes an offer, they says, "I will pay this much," and I offer you this dance. And so <laughs> um, then each person who comes and That's offers awesome. like has to dance all silly, ridiculous, whatever. And at the end of the story, and there's drums playing, and it's fantastic. Um, and at the end of the story, we the the narrator always says something like, "And all the villagers just." Decided to share the land and they all got up and danced. And it, <laughs> it always results in us just like dancing around the fire in a circle. And you, you definitely have that moment where you're like, am I really doing this? Is this real? <laughs> but it's so fun. And again, the bonding that you see come out mm-hmm. of that is very cool. And you look around and you're just like, yeah, these are my people. These are my people. And this is going to be a fun summer. And even if at first you're like, this is weird because <laughs> I certainly felt that way when I first had that moment. Um, but it's, it's very cool and it's cool to be a part of that and then to help create that in the
2: future. So
1: dance around the campfire, you know, like take some time to do it. I highly recommend it.
2: <laughs> That's great. Cause where else do you get that opportunity, but summer camp?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Uh, so I think now is the time. Gab, do you want to give us a recap of what we've learned today?
3: Absolutely. All right. So um, a skit about 20 years in the future. Toddler <laughs> breakfast. Five-minute talk and listen time. Uh, ducks fly together. Go with it. I'm drawn <laughs> to or I avoid or I ignore. Uh, learning crews. Uh, bronze, bronze lead, uh, bulb. If you're just tuning in now, you'll have to listen to the <laughs> beginning of, of the podcast. Storytime, Spectrum, um, Dream Board, uh, Play Acting in the Woods, Surprise Breakfast. Obviously, I was really into breakfast. Uh, RFIFamiliesEvents.com, i.e. Growth Zone. Uh, because I have blank, I have to remember, sentimental objects, and fire dance. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of those you do need to listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs>
2: completely
3: understand. So true, so but true. hopefully,
1: hopefully, they'll trigger some. Oh yeah, <laughs> what they just talked about. <laughs> and as we were getting ready for our show today, we decided that it would be best because this is our last uh, episode for this season in particular. We'll be coming back in the fall uh, you know, if the, the network picks us up again, um, <laughs> we wanted to do kind of a super recap of all of our, um, last episodes from this season. So, uh, Gab has been so good with our recaps. We put this ball in her court. Let's see what she came up with. Um,
3: thanks. Thanks Ruby. I basically just to, to sum up, um, uh, camp code in, in my opinion and, uh, basically what, what we really, all three of us, I think, believe in. Um, and I know they do because we checked before uh, the (laughs) podcast, so I'm not speaking just for these guys, but uh, the most important thing is, is know your mission and convey it to your staff. That's key. Um, you need that Northern light to, to follow. Um, and as a trainer, the three things you want to honor the most is the self, the individual of of the person that you're training, the group that they're going to be working with, and the organization. Meaning, you want to give them the tools uh, uh, to do their job well, and you want them to feel safe with the group that they're going to be working with, and they want to feel proud with the work mm-hmm. that they're doing. So, self, group, and organization, um, while following you know the compass, you know north star, whatever direction, whatever you want to call your mission statement, uh, is basically what we talk about. Uh, every podcast. And we try to give you tips and tricks on, on how to do that.
1: Awesome. Thanks. And no we hope that you will go back and listen to all of our episodes, um, from this season. Cause there's so many great tips and tricks and ideas and things I know that I'll be implementing this summer. So, um, please take a listen and we want you to get involved with camp code. Uh, You can join us on the hashtag Camp Code. We'd love to hear what topics you would like for us to discuss, uh, any guests that you'd recommend that we talk to, any great leadership training tips that you may have to share. Uh, We'd love to hear from you throughout the summer because we're all about sharing in this industry, and we can't wait to come back in the fall with more ideas and um, great time-tested projects and strategies to use. So next up, uh, we're each going to share how you can get in touch with us. Let's start with you, Beth.
2: You can find me, our website is camphacker.tv. You can reach me personally at Beth at camphacker.tv. And you can find us on Twitter using the, the hashtag camphacker.
3: Cool. Gab? Um, you can find it where I work at waro.com. Uh, email me at gabs at waro.com or follow me on the Twitter bird um, at Gabrielle Rail. And Rail takes two L's.
1: Fantastic. And you can email me at ruby, R-U-B-Y, at greenriverpreserve.org. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at rubylyn 85 Our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership trainings. And we continue to want to hear some of your most memorable moments and most effective tips. And you can tell us those using that hashtag camp code. And Beth is going to share this week's best practice.
2: Travis and I wanted to come up with a way at Spring Orientation in May to help our staff understand the big picture. So we wanted them to be able to see that we all had different jobs and responsibilities, and we would all be moving at the same time, sometimes in a hurry, sometimes more slowly, often in different directions. But the goal was as a well-oiled machine. So we not only needed to work together, but we needed to understand that our actions affected everyone around us. So Travis, being far more mechanically minded than I am, uh, came up with gears. So we got webbing and we tied it into circles and we laid it on the floor. And we had six or seven large circles that were all interconnected to look like gears in a clock or in any other machine. We asked the staff to come in and to stand around one of the webbing circles. So we had about 10 staff per circle. They were to pick it up in their left hand, turn to their right, and then hold their right hand up. Uh, when we then had them move, um, in their own individual circles. And of course, every person at some point would come in contact with at least one other circle as they walked and they would touch hands with people in the other circle. So we put on some great music. Uh, we chose just can't get enough by Depeche Mode. Uh, and then Travis, uh, had them go backwards. He had them go slowly, had them go quickly. Um, and you know, we did this for quite a few minutes and the lesson of course came in the debrief. How is that experience like camp? Uh, What could go wrong? What happens if all of it goes right? We did it again at leadership training at the end of June, and we took the lessons further and in more detail. And then at in-service at the beginning of August, we brought them in for breakfast, and we had the whole exercise laid out on the floor. Uh, and without a word or from us or any instruction, everyone just went to a circle, picked up a part of the webbing, the music began, and they started. Um, and it was a way for us to debrief how the summer was going so far. Um, and um, it happened just like that one more time, the last day of the summer, with absolutely no debrief, no discussion, just a chance for us to come together one last time with a song and an exercise that said it all. So there isn't anyone from that year who can hear that song by Depeche Mode and not think about being an integral part of something bigger than themselves. Now, before we end our last podcast of our first season, we'd like to sincerely thank Etienne Cobalt Lefebvre for editing all of these podcasts and doing his bit to give back. We wish for all of you the very best summer, and we cannot wait to hear the memorable moments that you'd like to share with us next season. Remember that you are not alone this summer. Your camp pros will still be there to share advice and answer all your questions, as will we. So in with both feet, everybody. Thanks for the listening, friends.
0: Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due the camp code is brought to you by beth and travis allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants thanks for the listening friends
2: camp hacker bringing your world into focus